You're listening to Around Comics. Countdown again? I I need the countdown. <laughs> to turn it to activate. All right. Okay, all right. It's like uh, Sylvester Stallone in Over the Top. He had to flip his hat backwards in order to win the arm wrestling. <laughs> yeah. That's Chris. He has to. Have to have a countdown. <laughs> need to hear a countdown. All right, it doesn't count. All right. In three, two, one. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast where we talk about everything in and around the world of comics and comics culture. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Mr. Brian Salazar. Oh, I'm just glad summer's almost over. It is hot as balls in Wisconsin. It's, it's like hot. the... It's hot everywhere. It's, it's hot, hot everywhere. It's, yeah, it's like the one like week and a half of the year where it gets... like. Just uncomfortably hot here. Hot in the city. Hot mm-hmm. in the city. Hot My wife took us the to, the, uh, to the public pool today, and it wasn't as much of a shit show as I thought it was going to be. It's actually okay. Um, I went to my I can I, I went to my thirtieth high school reunion. Did I tell you guys that? Really? That's wow. how fucking old I am. Thirty. You old man. I know. It was kind of fun though. I got to have to admit it was it was actually. <laughs> Uh, pretty fun. Surprise. Did you talk about your, your internet fame? I did not. That, uh, I don't <laughs> think that ever came up. No, no. No, it was mostly like, most, it was mostly people going, holy shit, you don't look like garbage. And, and like, <laughs> comparatively to most everyone else, uh, my age, I, I was relatively healthy looking and, uh, well, I, people were just like, geez, you're, you're holding up pretty good. We didn't expect that out of you. Equipment the show, equipment the show is the best thing in the world for you. You've lost like almost an, an, oh, a half a sal since <laughs> after reporting the last time. You're yeah. looking good. Svelte. Yeah. Yeah, you know, feeling good, feeling good. Fast. Athletic. I am, and Mr. Uh, Mr. Hey, Mr. Tom Caters, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Yeah. Well, good. Are you svelte as well? No, I'm not. No? No. I, I'm about what I've, I've always been. Oh, okay. Slow moving. <laughs> slow. slow but Rocking determined. the dad bod. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just always. Just tired. <laughs> just tired. He's had a tired dad bod since he was 14. Yeah, just, yeah exactly. <laughs> Maintained it. Um, I've maintained it, right? Which is when I was 14 was bad, but now it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's pretty good. Bad. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, cute. You get older. Not even a 14 year old. Yeah. Same <laughs> horrible potato body of a 14 year old time. 
Well, well, we like to talk about the comic books and comic culture on this here program. So I guess we can kind of kind of jump into it. Um, not that not that I pay attention much anymore, but uh, anybody see any crazy fun uh, announcements out of out of San Diego? That uh, San Diego Comic Con just wrapped up. I honestly did not even know what happened. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, it was like, I saw something. I the only the only way I knew that it happened was I saw someone else say that they didn't realize that it happened. Okay, and I was like, oh, me too. I also didn't realize that it happened. It's like about the, the only thing I saw. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a it was it was a thing. Uh, about the only thing I saw was uh, you know a few posts on Facebook here and there and Josh Flanagan uh, posted something along the lines of every movie coming out is like a a remake or a reboot or a you know a TV uh, show that's that's now going to the big screen so it's not like you know the normal movie uh, BS. Top Gun 2 baby finally yep yep we got Maverick I've been waiting you know, I have happen? to. I, I have to admit, I when I first heard that they were making Top Gun two, I was like, okay, whatever. That's kind of stupid. Yeah. But then I watched the fucking trailer and I went, God, I didn't realize how much I fucking love Top Gun. Oh jeez. <laughs> and then I'm like, I, okay, now I'm excited to see the next type Top Gun. Is movie. Val Kilmer going to be in this? One? He is. Val Kilmer's is in he it. Really? Tom Cruise is in it, and then uh, Michael Ironside is not in it. Uh, he's, okay. he didn't reprise his role. Um, I want Goose to be in it as a ghost or some sort of flashback or something. Uh, some sort of force spirit. Yeah. Tied yeah. To Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Same you could do, uh, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, the dude that was Iceman's wingman. Oh, Anybody remember? Uh, the big yeah. tall dude. No, there's not a whole uh, lot of talking about that I actually remember. No. Yeah. Anyway, I was excited. I got to admit, I watched the I watched the trailer, and even though it, it really occurred to me how dumb it is that Tom Cruise is walking around sunny California in a leather bomber jacket with a fur collar. <laughs> other than that, I was I was excited to see. Uh, What's well, San Diego? It can be it can be chilly, a little chilly. <laughs> I think part of it, I think part of like not realizing San Diego Comic Con happened is like now I feel like all news is like comic book news. It's all just like a headline about like Kevin Smith says last scene of this movie will blow your mind, except like that's how we talk about like everything now. So now like when San Diego Comic Con news happens, it just like, like filters into like the like on my uh on my phone like the aggregator of like world news everything kind of is all the headlines are built the same way so it all just sort of like blends in together <laughs> is anybody else ready for Kevin Smith to die of a coke overdose or something <laughs> i'm just kind of no oh but boy he's looking um he's looking uh, weird he looks, looks weird, weird. He, you he, look you look healthy due to your weight loss. Um, he looks like not good. Yeah, he looks uh, like he's battling something. Like there's a uh, fundraiser yeah. in his future, some uh, sort of dinner. <laughs> Frank Miller. Frank Miller kind of went through yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, I, I actually saw Frank Miller here recently, or a picture of him. 
Is he better? Is doesn't he look better? like he's like the the crypt. He doesn't look like the crypt keeper anymore. Oh, and because I, I was I was a little I was a little afraid for old, old Frank yeah, there. Like, yeah, he was uh, a little uh, Auschwitz e. Yeah, it was not good. It was not good. Um, speaking of movies, I did have a chance to go see Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, uh, I, did. I did too. Yeah. It was delightful. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. I was, uh, Tom, I'm assuming you did not see it. Uh, I'm not going to see it for like three years. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, just a spoil away. I'll be like, did I hear about it? I'll I'll literally, it'll be on Netflix, it'll be on the Disney streaming app, and I'll be like, oh, I guess I'll watch this. And then three years later, I'll be like, that was a pretty good movie. (laughs) Tom refuses to be spoiled. He cannot be spoiled. One of the great things about getting older, Tom, and uh, and you're just you're a touch younger than we are. But all of the comics that you've read in your life, you're going to basically forget all of the content of them, and so you get to go back and reread them, and it's like reading them again for the first time. Yeah, it's great. I, I have no yeah. idea. I, yeah. By the time I see it, I'll be like, oh, no one told me about this. I'm uh-huh. sure that's how my grandmother feels when she sees me and doesn't recognize me again, and then she's like, oh. Well, I get to get oh. to see you all over again. I get to yeah. meet you That's for the first again. time. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's great. I, I'm I'm rereading uh, Wasteland, the uh, uh, Anthony Johnson, uh, Chris Mitten, and oh, I, yeah. I, I I just ran into Chris Mitten when, not too long ago. Oh, how's he doing? He's doing well. He's doing well. He's doing another. Um, I think he's doing another uh, BPRD or Rasputin book or something uh, in that universe. I, I think cool. something's coming. I tried to convince him to draw a book for me. I wanted to co-write and draw a book, um, basically where uh, Alan Moore and um, uh, the different comic book writers, like uh, him and what's the other guy? What's the bald guy? Um, Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison are like, uh, <laughs> like words. Grant Morris. Words are magic, and they just like are this ancient battle uh, of wizards that have been going on forever. And uh, but yeah, he you know he doesn't have time for that foolishness. He's like, I need to get paid. I got to get some cash. <laughs> I need money. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, rereading uh, Wasteland, and it's nice because I I read it when it was coming out, and I'm um, going back and reading it again. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot about all this stuff. This is awesome. <laughs> it's like reading it again for the first time. I'm kind of going through that with like '80s music. I'm like, oh, I did, I paid no attention to this song back in the '80s. I because I was just sort of a curmudgeonly punk that didn't you know anything that was on the radio was shit. You know, if, any, if it was popular, it sucked, in my opinion, back then. You were mostly right. Yeah, but I can kind of listen to stuff now that then I didn't listen to at all. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. I kind of remember hearing it, but I never actually listened to this song before. So now I can kind of sit down and listen to it and go, oh, all right, this isn't this isn't so bad. This is kind of, yeah. I could see. Billy Ocean's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> could be worse. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot worse fine. now than that. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> 
Well, back to Spider-Man. We did kind of mm-hmm. we skipped on the Spider Spider-Man: Homecoming, right? No, Far From Home. Homecoming Far From was Home. The first one. And, and I I liked it because I mean they had a lot of the <coughs> it's it's spoilers. Um, you, Spider-Man's you, in it. Yeah, Spider-Man is in it. Um, it does take place after Spider-Man's Avengers Endgame. Spoiler. So, uh, um, so they're you know this is spoil spoilery to the MCU. But yeah, it takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame, and so it does fit into the larger Marvel universe. But I mean, it was just it was just a fun Spider-Man adventure. It was. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was a really well done sort of just they took. A Spider-Man story that we've kind of read a bunch of times. Mysterio is a, a, uh-huh. a character that we're familiar with, and they used it to sort of tell an updated version of of those characters or that story. And I thought they did an excellent job with it. At one point, yeah. I don't want to give you know any of it away, really. Mysterio is a bad guy. Mysterio, <laughs> well, but the way, I thought the way they did it was pretty cool. And I even at one point, I'm like, oh, yeah. wait a minute, what is going on here? I, you know, they they had fooled me with it, and um, the master of illusion. Yes, yes, absolutely, and yeah. I thought it was really good. Yeah, um, it was. Well, I look forward it, to seeing it. Well, it, <laughs> in three it, years, it had, it had every it had everything that makes a a a Spider-Man story for me. I mean, it was the it was the 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 conflict between being a, a teenager and wanting to do things that a teenager does and things that are that are important to you know to to Peter Parker, the the high school student. And then there's the whole he also has to save the world, and that was a constant um, you know struggle between those two things, which which I really enjoyed that that they they made that kind of the the, the conflict of the movie. Yeah, so. I I thought I agree with that absolutely because um, you know having a teenager uh, and and <laughs> sort of seeing one um, battle with wanting to have fun but also like having a summer job. And mm-hmm. responsibilities that come with that or other responsibilities with getting ready for senior year of high school, that kind of thing. But, you know, also wanting to be a kid, it's yeah, it's a back and forth and it's a it's a, um, a struggle for sure. And to see yeah, them use that almost, you know, very familiar thing of su- uh, summer. I just want to have fun. I just want to, you know, have a summer vacation and have fun with my friends. But I have to be. Uh, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, no matter what, have, have, have responsibility. Spider-Man. Yeah, have those. Well, I mean, when, when you when you're a teenager, <clears throat> like that first love or that that relationship with that boy or girl is like the most important thing in the world. And from that perspective, it is. But with Peter, it's like his relationship or, or wanting to have a relationship with MJ is the most important thing in his, in his world. But then he also has to save, you know, most of Europe. Bitch, you went to space. <laughs> you got shit to do. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. I think, it, I think it was really well done. It was really fun. I, I really like Tom Holland as Peter Parker too. He's very likable. He's vulnerable. And you can believe that like he, you know, can bench press a Buick, but at the same time, he is, you know, doesn't know how to deal with these things. Doesn't know how to, doesn't necessarily know if he wants to deal with these big things. Um, and, and also, you know, the, the, the relationship they built with him and Tony Stark and how that yep. has played out over a few movies, um, and continued to in this to some degree, or at least, Oh um, yeah. A yeah. Lot. A lot. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I, I really like that too. How they they've continued that on, and um, it makes sense for the character. Uh, I think that they've this version of the character of Spider Man. Um, I don't yeah. know. If he did he ever have that in the comics? Did did Spider Man hmm. and Tony Stark ever have? There was never really a mentor. Uh, a few, a few. I'm not way up on my Spider-Man stuff, but didn't um, didn't Peter Parker like take over like Stark Industries a few years ago? Did I want to. I thought it was. Some I think so. Of, uh, I think there was some sort of of tying. There's a little bit of comic history with that. I'm not the expert. It's need to either. call like David Price. I don't something. know shit about Iron Man in the comics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, it's better I mean, in the movies. It's, it's a testament. It's a testament to the staying power of the movies that anything I know about Iron Man, and I got shoved any data, anything I had. I mean, I guess my perception of Iron Man from the comics was always like, he's just got like a bunch of other, all his bad guys are like dudes in other suits, mm-hmm. like worse suits. You know, so, you know, it's yeah, not, it's like kind of, Iron Monger. it's, it's almost unfair for like comic book writers. I mean, we we know a fair share of comic book writers, and they're not necessarily the most uh, charming or or socially Good graceful. Looking. But they have to compete with Robert Downey Jr. Essentially, like that, they're never going to write an Iron Man that is that, as charming, yeah. yeah, as charismatic as, as Robert Downey Jr. So uh, people are always going to, you know, or any of those characters, really. That's that's a tough thing, I think, going forward. Like, uh, you, we always talk about the, how the comics sh- and the movies should be more intertwined or uh, why aren't, you know, the movies sort of um, uh, building up comic book audiences. But it's like, how do you even, how do you compete with those films, quite honestly? Like, I, you know... The, yeah, you know, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with them. Not yeah, so. So Marta and I went out for lunch today, and and where'd you the go? The bartender. Uh, we went to uh, Walter Walters on North in downtown Wauwatosa. Ding! And there's so, a little plug for you. Wauwatosa. <laughs> and so we're we're sitting we're sitting at the at the at the bar having a a, a burger or whatever, and uh, and the bartender and a lady are at the end of the bar, and they're talking about. Uh, TV show, and I start hearing you know names like you know Klaus and Luther and and blah blah blah. And they're talking about plot points and and uh, and I'm like, oh, they're talking about Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. And and the, the 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 bartender says, yeah, you know, there's a lot of conjecture about what's going to happen in season two, and you know, I've seen some fan theories and that kind of stuff. And I just looked around, I was like. Or you could just read the second volume of the comic book and and know now. And she looked at yeah, me. You, like, yeah, really? you. Really? <laughs> I was just like, yeah, dumbass. And, so, and she's like, really? I was like, yeah, it's a great comic. So the the whole what I'm getting to is the whole yes. the the, com- the comic should the comic should mirror what's going on, you know, with the TV show or the movie, and like. It doesn't have to. I mean, it's also if Chris no. overhears your conversation. <laughs> he will interject himself Fucking into a creepy stalker in a bar. Or you could read. We will all sit um, at the bar. This is the why bar, women don't feel comfortable going to comic book stores because creeps like you that always have to mansplain uh, to them. Uh, excuse, excuse me. Yes. <laughs> you could know if you uh, read the graphic novel, <laughs> the trade paperback, the second. Yeah, that was probably the look that Mark gave me. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was just like, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, I'll send you an Amazon link immediately. 
Thanks, Is that is that our idea of Chris in a restaurant in Wauwatosa? Excuse me, ma'am. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a second volume. The way he got their attention is he just let out like this, like, oh, oh, just you could hear his eyes roll in the back of his head, just this audible roll of his, oh, I know what you mean though. Like, come back on this I get, I do get like, um, like a weird, uh, protective nature well i uh i went into a gaming store just the other day my kids have gotten into dungeons and dragons oh nice because of like stranger things they love stranger things and then Uh, that got them interested in dungeons and dragons we are playing uh water deep dragon heist right now and it's awesome oh nice yeah pick up some die i went i went to actually go pick up uh because i started a game uh of the Curse of Strahd, the Ravenloft five, five whatever, started that oh, yeah. game with my kids and my uh, niece and nephew. And we've been playing mm-hmm. that. But then my daughter and her boyfriend and my son want to play a separate game. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were going to start uh, with Rise of or, uh, Tyranny of Dragons. It's like the first one that came out. And so I was going in to see if they had the book. And I always feel like this weird thing of like when i walk in there they like they treat me like i'm like a dad that doesn't know what i'm doing in the store you know what i mean like, that, <laughs> like and it's this weird like like there's this geek you know uh, i don't have any geek cred i walk in and now i don't have you know any any kind of geek cred and so it's like they they treat me like i'm an interloper or some sort of like you know weird and so sir there's there's multiple kinds of dice. <laughs> There's not just your traditional six-sided. There's eight-sided. Are you looking for something funny. like Monopoly yeah. or the Game that's, of Yeah, life? that's kind <laughs> of what it is. Yeah. But so I always like overcompensate. For <laughs> I always I always kind of overcompensate. And so I'm like, I start asking questions, re- like really detailed questions about the module. <laughs> <laughs> And you can see the girl, the girl behind the counter, like her eyes kind of open wide. It's like, whoa, oh, okay, wait a minute. But it's it, there's that weird, like, as an old geek, and you see people talking about stuff as as sort of experts or as sort of authorities about things. In that way, there is this sort of nature or this uh, inclination to be like, okay, settle down, slow your roll, relax. Let me, let, you know. Uh, excuse me, but did you know? <laughs> so I, I get you, Chris. I understand where you're coming from. You, you, you know me. I can't fucking help myself. So. I know. I know. It's all right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. Yep. You, you are. So they're, you are. so they're playing D and D, huh? Man. Yeah, they're really into it. Get- um, I mean, I, I'm being, I'm the dungeon master, and I'm. Here's the thing. I forgot how much fucking reading there is with Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I know I'm DMing. I'm DMing a campaign right now. And <sighs> God damn, it's a lot of work. It's a yeah. lot of fucking reading. I really don't enjoy reading that much shit. They really need to come out with like a simpler <laughs> way to play Dungeons. It's too much. It's too many rules. And like, I don't know. I just... It, it's this. I feel the same way about like comic books. Like a lot of times, yeah, like, if they yeah. could just do away with ma- they could do away with magic. I'd be fine. 
Yeah, magic makes just, things just, difficult. Magic just makes things really if fucking difficult. If they could difficult. put the game inside a box, <laughs> you connect to your TV. Exactly. And I, <laughs> I use some sort of like two button or, or lever yeah, thing something. with my thumbs where yeah, I could just move, move around within this unit. Let someone else yeah. DM. Yeah. I well, uh, you, you know, know, I've got a great group though. I mean, they they are more. Are you saying my kids aren't a great group? Is that no, what you're trying no, to no, say? No, yeah. I'm, wow. the fuck I'm saying, saying that. I'm saying that that my group is <laughs> because they are much your group's more better than that. my kids. That you're no, saying. they're just much more about the role playing than the actual nuts and bolts rules. They uh, yeah, enjoy, yeah. they enjoy the role playing aspect <laughs> of it, which makes a lot of fun. They're not, you know, it's my kids. The not, problem I found with my kids is they sort of. They haven't quite gotten they they haven't quite got the concept of role playing as much as like they look at it like a video game. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to they, hedge they their bets and they want to solve. They want to solve it and they want to win. And they're they're so worried about dying or being huh. injured that they're not being very heroic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, no, 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 you're adventurers, mm-hmm. you're heroes. You're, it's like we're gonna have fun. I'm not gonna kill you off. Um, so, but the, it's like, they look at it like a video game where it's like, you get oh, a ton of safe rolls. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, I mean, they just, I think it's just the mentality of like, I have to get past this level and, yeah. and beat the boss and get to the next and you're level. Like, I'm just fucking making it up. Yeah, I don't know. yeah exactly. <laughs> this is not, just a story. <laughs> so we're, 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 we're working on that part of it and I get a little frustrated and I don't, I don't like getting frustrated with it. Cause it's like, this should be fun. I shouldn't, we shouldn't be like, you know, my uh, character decides to hide behind a rock. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wait. I mean, they, they just kind of want to like game it the whole time. And it's like, you know, don't think the, I think kids nowadays, like they think in game theory almost automatically. Oh, sure. Like it's all about like, what is the, what are the percentages of every situation so that I, survive or come out on top like instead of just going fuck it i'm gonna charge in and kill something now, or, that, or, that that is hilarious because i was in another another a group of curlers and dnd players so they were the <laughs> geekiest people in the world but but the guy dming was much younger he was in his 20s and the people playing were all in their late 30s and, and 40s and we were the most reckless party Ever, I mean, we would charge into every room, into any keep, whatever. And he's just like, "What is wrong with you? You know, like scout things out." You, it's like I, I'm, I'm afraid that you're all gonna die every time we get together because we had absolute reckless abandon. So it was like the opposite of what you kid, of what your kids do. Yeah, it's kids weird. these days kids. don't know how to, to fight a dragon. <laughs> they don't understand. <laughs> You just gotta charge right in there, Tom. Yeah, get in there. Well, you would think like with all the video games, I mean, you you can just save and continue and restart where you'll die. You know what I mean? So you would think they would have a little more uh adventurous spirit in them of like not worrying about dying, but I don't know, maybe my kids are just scaredy cats. Well think about it. I mean, even like the idea of like saving your game all the whole time, it's just like that in itself is like part of the game plan, you know, of like, yeah, like it's how, a game you know, theory. Like it's like how do I, how do I make sure I win incremental, like inching towards victory or like the, the, the idea that there is one way to solve what you're doing. 
as dear right. the DM, there's that one correct way. Right. Exactly. To, like get through the situation. Whereas that's, you know, not the point. That's not how the game is structured. Right. Like, there's no like it should go in this any is the direction. correct way. Yeah. yeah. This is the correct way to do this. And by and when you find that, then you move on to the next thing, you know, mm-hmm. like this is like a combination lock or something. Yeah. And have fun. And have fun. That should be the number fun. one thing. Yeah. But um you mentioned uh, uh, Stranger Things, yes. uh, which uh, remind me of another series I've been reading. This is the Chris is late to the game, but thinks this is awesome anyway. Um, getting uh, caught up on Paper Girls. Have oh, you yeah. guys read any of the Paper Girls? I have read like six volumes of it, something like that, five or six. It's very good. Yeah, I bought the uh, I bought the first trade, and I liked it so, so much that I. Um, I decided it's like, you know what? This is something I'm probably going to read and reread again because my, once again, retention is terrible. And I'll enjoy this for the first time several times in my life. So I went and <laughs> bought the uh, uh, the uh, deluxe editions. I got the the, the two deluxe uh, hardcovers. And the third one is not they, – they finished the series, right? The the series is finished, but the, uh, the last I, trade – I didn't know. I yeah, I think they wrapped it up. The last trade is not out, and I think the deluxe edition won't come out probably for. I'm, I'm checking out volume right now from Hoopla. Okay, I'm gonna read it while you turn. I'm kidding. It is. Um, I, I I bring it up with Stranger Things because uh, there are some parallels. It's 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 set in the mid '80s. It is a, a group of four girls who all have uh, paper routes in this. Um, it's a, a suburb of Cleveland, so it's once again kind of a midwestern, you know, town. Um, uh, teens kind of uh, get into a uh, crazy uh, sci-fi adventure. So that turns into where it's uh, you know, Stranger Things is more about uh, what the dimensional portal. Uh, Paper Girls turns into a, a time travel adventure, and it's uh, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. What I loved about it, and and why I why I enjoyed this more than another book I'll mention in a minute, is that Brian K. Vaughn is so good at at tying you to these characters. Where I'll read some series and I'll put it down. And I'm just like I don't even remember the character's name. Where it's been two weeks since I read Paper Girls. And those characters are still so fresh and vibrant in in my mind. It's like I I know every one of them. I know not just their name, well, but their motive. I mean, such maybe you character. just really relate to teenage girls. I, this is all true. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Brian, Brian K. Vaughn is so good at making you care about yes. the characters that he puts on paper. Absolutely. No, I agree. I was just, I was just yeah. giving you a shit, but you know, no, I agree with you there. Um, <clears throat> he does a really good job of, of one making actually unique characters with different personalities yes. on a page, which is not always the easiest thing to do. And I find that's a really difficult thing to do in a lot of comics or at least mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of that, that are out today. It's like, You'll see, but he does it. In, but he does it in a way that's not forced. Where it's like this is this character that plays this role, right. and this is this character that plays this role. It's like no, these are these are like living, breathing, organic characters that are very believable. 
He's just he's yeah. really good at it. Well, and that's why he writes for TV a lot too. I think because he's able to 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 concisely give you enough personality and just some dialogue and just some of mm-hmm. actions of the, what these characters do, and and it, it sticks with you. And uh, like you said, it's it makes them vibrant living characters as opposed to two dimensional, you know, flat characters that so many so many are. In uh, in a lot of comics, I have a hard time a lot of times with books with a lot of characters, especially if the art isn't really good. You know, it at distinguishing uh-huh. between characters, it's like, wait a minute, who is this? They all kind of look the same. They like, all kind of sound the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Cliff, uh, Cliff Chang art, by the way, doesn't hurt. Yeah, absolutely. He, you know, yeah, he's, working he's with good. awesome artists doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Yeah. It's often a benefit to your comic book sales is working with really awesome fucking artists. awesome artists. Yeah. Awesome artists. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, though. Awesome. Yeah, but but I I just wanted to chime in and, and agree with you on that. So uh, how so you've read the first two volumes so far? I've uh, no, I've read the first two deluxe editions, which would get me up. To, I think that's two two trades per. So I'm probably through four trades. I would, okay, would be my here. I'll so, hold on. Let me look at it. Talk. Why I look? Yeah, I started reading it well, on Hoopla, and uh, yes. in the in the trade, and really enjoyed it. And I it is. Uh, it is kind of funny though that it is so um, Stranger Thing. I am through the twenty. I am through the twentieth issue. Twentieth so. issue. All right, gotcha. Yes, those yeah. are on the deluxe editions are on Hoopla as well, which is interesting. Oh, nice. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, but it does. It does. I mean, it has a little bit of a Stranger um, Things vibe, but just because of the era and just the age, I mean, it's kids in the 1980s. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, that's about where the similarity stops. Well, I think you're going to see a lot more of that sort of, you know, genre almost. It seems like a lot of stuff is going back to the eighties and that era era of stuff. And I think you're going to see it'll be with money. Where are the people with yeah. money now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, what, what, yeah. What's going to be where you start seeing the 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 nineties, um, the the retro nineties stories? Well, didn't what, what was uh, what something's coming Ashen's out? Already. Uh, Captain uh, Captain Marvel was was that? Oh yeah, Captain Marvel was in the nineties. Yeah, there you go. That wasn't very good, so, but it was in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it, very nineties. So, um, yeah. So anyway, that's that's kind of I've I've read I've read a ton of stuff, but I don't want to keep going on about what I've read. What have you guys been reading or or watching? Uh, well, I can go. I uh, yeah, I, I've been reading um, the Immortal Hulk. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Um, I really have enjoyed it. It's <clears throat> it's a very different Hulk. Um, you know, initially when when I started reading it, it it has like the first issue of the new the the Immortal Hulk series is very, uh, very much it feels like like an maybe a '80s horror comic, a Swamp Thing or something like that, where it's almost a one and done short story. It has a, a Tales from the Crypt or something like that, where it's it's almost like a morality uh, tale, um, and the Hulk is the monster, but Really, it's the humans that are the monsters, and he's sort of um, uh, showing us that. Uh, but 
Um, the interesting thing is, you know, that that was really just the first issue or two kind of were in that vein and, and had almost like a formula to them. Mm. Uh, but I think that was who's just... Who's right? Uh, Al Ewing is writing it oh. and... Um, uh, and he's, I don't, I don't know anything about Al Ewing. I don't know, uh, really, I couldn't tell you one thing about him other than he's writing this book, uh, and that he's a really good writer. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's been in comics for 20 years or if this is the first thing he's ever written. I have no idea, but he's a very good writer. Um, basically just to set it up, the, the Bruce Banner is back. He was he was killed. Um, I don't know if you you guys have any idea, but he was killed at one point by Hawkeye. No. Uh, yeah. And um, uh, but he he sort of uh, like Bruce Banner asked him to do it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. he shot him That's in the cool. head with like a adamantium arrow, or I don't remember how he died. But anyway, he died. But but he's back, and <clears throat> they don't really explain why he's back or how he's back or anything like that. You just kind of get into it and. And it's um, the beginning of it is much more like the uh, the old eighties uh, Hulk TV show. The TV show, yeah. He's kind of <laughs> wandering around and yeah. getting so into trouble. Mon- yeah, the monster of the week. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. Um, but but like I said, that's really just the first couple of issues, and then all of a sudden, sort of this bigger storyline comes around, and you start to find out more about the Hulk and about Bruce Banner's relationship and what's going on there. And there's <clears throat> a lot of other characters involved, and it becomes a very big story about you know six seven issues into it and um uh i'm at like let's see where am i at on it uh i am like issue 12 or something like that and i think it's it's out to like 20 i think there's 20 issues out currently oh wow okay it's a pretty good size run yeah, and and it's it's definitely has a horror vibe to it, but it also has this weird supernatural. Um, there's almost like a Hellboy ish feel to it to some degree, mm-hmm. where like the Hulk is. We're finding out more about what the Hulk is, and he's he, it's not just this simple monster created by gamma radiation. That that's still there. The whole origin of the Hulk is still intact. None of that has changed. But what we find out is that. He is actually immortal, um, and he can't die. And even at one point, like, he gets vivisected. He gets cut into pieces and put into jars. And he's still alive, and he can still breathe and function and move. And, and, and he's actually really intelligent. Um, and at night, he only, but he only comes out at night. Um, and uh, it's, it, it, it sets up this really strange and... and um, esoteric story and I, I, so many weird things happen in this book I, I can't I don't really want to try and go into all the d- details mm-hmm. but it's it's a Hulk book that I've never really read for it's very odd it's, it's very the Hulk but interesting yes yeah it's the Hulk but actually interesting yes that's a very good way of putting it because there's there's so many things going on and like I said kind of the, the gist of it to some degree is, is we kind of find out the Hulk is almost this um, uh, like godlike figure or like more like a demon like a demonic mm-hmm. and that's actually mm-hmm. what happened when when the gamma radiation when the gamma bomb went off and Bruce Banner was caught in it it like opened a portal to hell and 
the Hulk came out and for whatever reason attached itself to Bruce Banner. So that's kind um, of the Hellboy kind of yeah, kind yeah, of vibe to it. Um, okay. And interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty interesting, and and it goes on from there. And there's a, you know, and there's a lot of the sort of tropes in it to some degree. You know, Thunderbolt Ross is in it to some degree, and uh, I'm just getting to the part where. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Doc Samson shows up. Uh, oh, so God, the, Doc Samson, really? Yeah. So a lot of the familiar characters are in it, but they're all sort of dealing with the Hulk in a different way. Now they're not sure what they're dealing with. They're not sure what his motive is or what he's trying to do. And um, we're not even sure. Bruce Banner's not sure. Uh, he seems to have some sort of goal or plan, but but we don't know what it is. So it's like there's this weird mystery to it. There's um, there's a lot of horror elements to it. There's a lot of other characters to it. And, and, and in the whole thing, they don't set him up as a hero or a villain necessarily. Mm-hmm. He's a little mm-hmm. of both. Um, he's definitely not a nice guy. Uh, and, and he's not a rampaging beast all the time. He's very intelligent and calculating. Um, but he's something else. He's some, some sort of like primordial force. Uh, so it's very, yeah, it's really, really, so I, I don't know. I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. And like I said, Ewing gets very deep in sections in parts of it. He, he's bringing in a lot of, he brings in a lot of, uh, stuff from the Bible and from, uh, different, oh, wow. uh, yeah, different. There's, there's a, there's a lot of things in this book. There are a lot of elements going on in this book. Um, but at the same time, there's, like I said, there's, Alpha Flight is in it at one point. The Absorbing Man is in it at one f- point. Um, oh, nice. A lot of different characters are in it at different points in the book. Uh, so, you, you know, and there's plenty of fighting and, and, and stuff like that. But also a lot of, you know, there's a lot of graphic, gross horror stuff. Almost mm-hmm. there's a feel to it initially of um, almost like a Cronenberg kind of feel. Body horror. horror. Yeah, body horror. Gro- like... There's a part where the Hulk's going through these transformations of, like, the gamma radiations being sucked out of him, um, and he's fighting. Uh, <laughs> he's fighting another. Uh, I can't remember what the creature was, but he's fighting this other creature, and like it gets split in half, but it's still functioning. And so there's this like gross, you know, weird transformation and you know, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, all this really really cool visual stuff as well. Great. Great artwork. I can't. I can't say enough about it. It's. It's. I haven't really enjoyed a Hulk book since probably like the Mister Fix It era yeah. of the Hulk because I enjoyed that because it oh, was, Planet uh, Hulk was awesome. No, you're right. No, that's true. Yeah. Planet Hulk was very good. Planet Hulk was very good. Um, that was the last time. That was like okay. But Planet that, Hulk was much Hulk. more straightforward. I think of like it's cosmic. It was, it yeah, was cosmic Hulk. Where this yeah. is just like, uh, I don't know. It's it it it. it takes the Hulk back to the, like a weird place where I think he started from, you know, like the Hulk originally was a very odd character. If you think about it. And and at that time, you know, with superheroes and everything, he's like this weird rampaging monstrosity. Um, Well, even at the beginning, it was like, he wasn't like the first couple issues. He transforms into the Hulk at night. And then they're like, no, he doesn't. He transforms when he's angry. Yeah. And now he's green. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's like the concept of the Hulk is very strong and obviously resonates. But, like, the details 
have always shifted. Chain. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, well, ah, one of the, one of the, I don't know. Maybe is he an Avenger? Or like, uh, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> well, they even talk the, about that in the book. At like at times, it's like, you, you know, it's like, well, are you, you know, what are we going to do with him? He was an Avenger, but he also murdered a bunch of people. Like, how do we, and we always kind of just go, oh, well, that's just the Hulk. You know, like there's a, there's a, Part in the book where he, you know, he kind of different characters talk about the different times that the Hulk has been all over the place. These different characters, these different manifest, uh, how do you say that word? Manifestations of the Hulk. Yes. Um, and uh, it's really interesting. It's it, it's I, I have enjoyed it very much and I, I hope it continues for a while because it's um, I think it's one of the better books coming out of Marvel right now. It's definitely something different. Yeah. What is the. Uh what would you consider is there like the definitive hulk like what is like ooh hmm um like in comics hulk. right I don't, is there one i don't know there's like, i mean peter david did some cool stuff back in the day but yeah i i it, i think the definitive to, to point out like an era i think the yeah. definitive character is not the hulk i think it's bruce banner well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Hulk is, is, it's the emotion. But like the, but it's like the version, right? Like, I don't know. We talked about this with Doom Patrol. Like what's right. the, like Which what's the like the version is? that you're like, oh yeah, that's the, you know, like the one that you would, when someone says, you know, the Incredible the, Hulk, right? Like when you think of. I don't know. Everyone has probably their idea of what Spider-Man's is, right? But you like, have, when, like, you when, have when, like, when I think when I think of the Hulk, like, what is that character? I think of the the John Byrne Hulk. That was the that was the smart scientist Banner and the rampaging beast Hulk. That that's my <laughs> version. I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm not. I was just curious. But I, I, but that's me. that's me. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who I, I, I mean, probably think I mean, of Peter the TV Davis show. Honestly, yeah. I think I think of yeah. the old TV sure. show is is because yeah. that was so much ingrained into me every day after school watching that. Yeah. Uh, at that you know time I in my life, it's probably like, agree with you. Yeah, I mean that's like the default version, right? I you know because there's so many different versions of the Hulk where it's like that internal thing in your head where you're like, oh, this is you know like even if the you know the Mister Fix It stuff is cool. Like an interesting, it's like that's not the Hulk, right? That was a deviation. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like a deviation of it, right? So it's like, I, I don't know. It's just curious because when in talking about the Hulk, you know, he has so many that the character has so many deviations. You know, like right. so many interpretations that get reset back to something, right? But it's like if you were like the definitive Hulk is this one, you'd be like, yeah, I don't know. It's not quite the definitive Hulk. It's like a cool sure, version sure. of the Hulk, but not like well, that's, the like the movie yeah. Hulk is cool. Yeah. And I, it was like, oh, it's interesting. Like there was a different kind of take on the Hulk, but I don't like for me personally, none of those really captured the Hulk for whatever reason to me. Like, yeah. or at least th that definitive version for me. But I, but I think you're absolutely right. I don't know that there is one that you yeah. can point to because. You know, there's definitely the. I mean, even like the Todd McFarlane era of Hulk, like that yeah. was was yeah. a, a huge part. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, that whole storyline with like the leader 
And um, yeah. that whole era of the Hulk was something I remember, <laughs> yeah. re- you know, like was really cool. And the Hulkbusters when they first showed up and uh, yeah, but I think it is, he is one of those interesting characters that, that I think you can continue to play with them. And like this version, I think will reset to something more normal yeah. or more, you know, Oh, it, it always does. Yeah. yeah, it always will. But I like seeing it right now because you can because you can do that with the Hulk because he's yeah you know. Uh, you think about the Hulk is having like the Hulk, you know, his cultural relevance or like people know what the Hulk is, and not only do they know what the Hulk is, they know that Bruce Banner turns on the Hulk when he's angry. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is way more when you think about like superheroes in what general. What people know right? about superheroes. What people know about superheroes. People yeah. get the Hulk. You like, you don't want to see me when I'm angry. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. but uh, yeah, I don't know. I never really thought of that, but now I just thought of that while we were talking about that. Well, like, and it, and it's how many people, right? Like, no, how many people? Yeah, that level of like could explain a superhero to you, like yeah. whether they know them or not, right? Like Thor. Right, like you'd be like, oh, he's like a, the Greek god, or like the Norse god of thunder. He's also, you know, like like that level of like I understand the mechanics of how this character right like, actually works. Like, you know, how many people could you know? I mean, now with the movies, certainly, but before, like the movies, like how many people could explain to you how Captain America, like how Steve Rogers was in World War II, turned into Captain yeah, America, right? was yeah. frozen in uh-huh. ice. Like who would know that? No, you know, outside of you know, comic book fans, like nobody would would have known that. Even today, I don't know that many people that. I could of, call my dad, and he could explain the Hulk. Right, right. Like, you know, <laughs> like, oh yeah, he's a guy who, when he gets angry, he turns into the Hulk. Yeah, and he's it's a like, green oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the, it's well, way, so. it is a universal thing. Like I think everyone deals with yeah. a, a temper to some degree, and like emotional being, uh, you know, uh, uncontrollable. Your emotions being uncontrollable. I think everyone understands that and so it's like he this green monster it's like yeah we all kind of feel that someday you know somewhere in our lives so i think people some days you feel green well you know i think that the history of that character is interesting interesting because you know we're going on what like 60 years and you know you you watch like the history of marvel stuff and there were like two characters out of the 1960s marvel that were really kind of identified as, as being like counterculture characters or the counterculture movement looked at at those characters and and kind of gravitated to them and that was Doctor Strange because mm-hmm. of the, the the psychedelics and the Hulk because the Hulk was like an anti-establishment anti-military counterculture character yeah for yeah. sure yeah. so for a lot of people that's how they that's how they think of that that character as you know being hunted down and, and fighting against the u.s military and yeah. the military industrial con- complex well, he is kind of that yeah. that loner rebel yeah, yeah. you know like he fuck you to everybody like he just leave me the fuck alone just you know he yeah. doesn't well, i want the puny humans yeah leave him alone who hasn't yeah. ever felt it's that because like, the man <laughs> is trying to put him down yeah well, i want the puny humans just leave i say it all the time it was interesting i want um, go, going back to that uh, era, but then going back to what we were talking about Iron Man earlier, the, I was reading um, on Iron Man something like on the origin of Iron Man, and I never thought of it this way. But it was like 
you know, like they wanted him to be sort of anti anti culture. You know, like he was he was mm-hmm. he worked he was for the government. He worked for the more. Yeah, he was the man. <laughs> yeah. He was a billionaire, you know, white guy who mm. made weapons for the U.S. military in the '60s. How the mm-hmm. fuck didn't people did not hate him? Like who was like who was buying that book? And you know how did people not uh, uh, be like despise oh, that character back then? But I guess it was like well, he didn't have his own book until what the seventies, right? Because um, that was I, out of what tale, tales to astonish. Yeah, but that? it was only like twenty issues of tales to okay. astonish, and then he he yeah. got his own book, I believe, if I okay. remember correctly. Yeah, I want to say like he he started in like Tales to Astonish twenty three, and then like forty three maybe was the end of that, and he and then he got Iron Man, but I don't remember exactly. I could be yeah. wrong. Yeah, speaking of, uh, of of being tremendously behind the times, uh, I've just recently reread Inf- Infinity Gauntlet for the first time in. Over two decades, I did not. <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah. You're getting all ready yeah. for hey, the. Uh, it's new to you, right? Yeah, I was just like, yeah, I'll read this. I was like, I haven't read this in a long time. I'll see what this. What, what I don't remember. I mean, obviously, because of the, like the Marvel movies, you uh-huh. know, like part of that, the story is obviously, you know, like around. So it's not like, oh, I don't know any of this that's happening. But it is funny to read it. And read like the truly comic book version, right? As oh, opposed sorry, to like yeah, the, the, the movie version, right? The like slick. the very yeah. the extremely like cosmic and very nihilistic like comic book version of it, right? Like where it's very like Marvel cosmic and just like very heady, right? As opposed to like the uh, Marvel movie version, which is not dumber but more like uh built around like forward progress of a story yeah more conventional like, more of a conventional, conventional not a yeah, jim yeah. starlin i'm just gonna kill everyone <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the universe is dark yeah <laughs> star one bro with a really fucking heavy pen man yeah it's, it's like, jesus christ he kills he kills half the universe like in the, the halfway through the first issue you know and it's like ah there you go but yeah it was it was interesting to read it like um i haven't read it in an extremely long time but now to look back on sort of like think about it in the context of both like the marvel movies of like what how they've used thanos in those movies in a similar but a very different way right where like uh in the movies i feel like they made that character more of like a marvel villain right like more like oh i kind of like not that he's correct but he has some sort of motivation, mm-hmm. which feels you like, can almost justify in some ways what he's doing, or at least you could it's take like a grounded in yeah. something, right? Like it's like grounded in a thing that he you could believe he's wrong about, but it's like, and he feels like actual emotions about the things he does to achieve those things. Whereas like the Starlin version, which is I enjoyed reading it, is like very like I must make death love me. Which yeah. Is yes. Like, yes. <laughs> like not an extremely grounded 
concept to like <laughs> build a story around is like the personification. I must make this a female personification of death love me, and I have the devil next to me telling you know like it's extremely infinity like, gauntlet is a love story it's a love story it's like i you know marijuana has only recently been legalized uh well i well the law passed i don't think it's mm-hmm. actually officially though but then i'll go back and reread infinity gauntlet once i'm able to like <laughs> get to the head space yeah get get in that starlin head space <laughs> it's like it's also just like it's so dark you know, like comparing it to so much of it's so dark in comparison to like uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths or something like that. Yeah. Like another sort of like cosmic event thing where like the thing about like Crisis is it's sort of built around like all these miniature stories of like if we do this, we can stop this. And if we do this, we can, you know, alter this or that. You know, there's an impending sense of doom, but there's also like miniature things along the way. Whereas Infinity Gauntlet's just built around like you are going all these people are going to lose and there's nothing you can possibly do <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like and it's very i'm like oh man i, I hope you enjoy uh, watching all these characters <laughs> die I, I hope you enjoy a scene of just moon Knight watching new york burn and, and like you know, well, and, and starlin got off on it too like he he liked having that sort of sense of you know the guy that was just willing to kill off everyone. He, you know, he 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 kind of cultivated that after a while as well. Oh. It was like, oh yeah, I'm, Captain Marvel, know, I'm that guy. It was great. It was I uh, I loved reading it. I was like, this is so comic booky <laughs> in a very good way. Where it's just like, and isn't it oh, crazy yeah, that that's that that's the story that they picked to to. <laughs> To to make like the largest movie franchise of all time. Yes, was like, I'm going to use this story where this uh, strange alien is trying to make death love him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, this will make a blockbuster movie. Yes, yeah, this, this will be the biggest movie of all time, which I think it officially crossed that threshold. It's like yes, we will use this story where it's featuring just all these soliloquies. Just of Thanos being like, will death not love me? Just staring off into the cosmos, (laughs) lamenting why. Why? Or just like Doctor Strange, just like also staring, just characters staring into the void. Yeah. Like like just constantly every couple pages, just like we're going, we're all going to die. There's nothing we can do, you know, or like it's just I'm like, God damn, Jim Starlin, man. You gotta like these kids reading these comics, just like, I yeah, it's great. I I hope that the Marvel universe, Marvel universe, inter, uh, introduces a female personification of death. That was maybe the the mm-hmm. I don't know, not disappointing thing, but I was sort of wondering how they were going to do that because I kind of thought, oh, okay, was that going to be, uh you know, why Thanos is trying to do all this. He's, he's trying to make death fall in love with him, but they didn't, obviously didn't go no, that route. It would have been interesting, but, but going yeah, back to what you said, like, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Having everyone in the movie theater, like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you sometimes like the level of, of, you know, 
shit that comic book fans will buy into. Like, we'll just sort of go, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, sure, sure, of course. That makes complete sense. (laughs) We don't kind of maybe realize sometimes, like, oh, (laughs) most people wouldn't accept that. (laughs) (laughs) We have a high level. Where these cosmic beings with names like Eternity or Epic or Epoch, it's like, whoa, what? To be honest, I don't know the difference between any of those Marvel, like, giant, like, <laughs> when they're named after, like, uh, things like Eternity. And all it's the, like, yeah, all, all the <laughs> it's like, wait, what does this character do? <laughs> like, it's just I don't Eternity. Understand. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, man, you're some styling. Yeah, and there's, like, five of them all together, and, like, Galactus is arguing with them. Yeah. And, I mean, what did they get together for? I mean, were they just, like, playing cards? You know, it's like they, it's just, yeah. I'm like, man, I, yeah, I'm not nearly, nearly high enough to truly enjoy <laughs> the, the cosmic Marvel. Like, <laughs> it was out there, man. Marvel Cosmic was the 70s were crazy when he was they doing were that. All shit. fucking high as shit. <laughs> high as we're gonna balls. make a character. Have you, re- have you read all the Warlock stuff? Uh, no, not in a long time. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm sure I did at one point, but I, I have a hard time going back to that stuff. I might, maybe I will try and get high though. And, and, uh, read, 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 some, it star, read, read some stars. I was, yeah. I was just reading it. I was like, what the fuck is happening in this? Like, it's just like, it's like, Oh God, eternity has now showed up. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? But you know, think of, think of that though. Like, think of some of those concepts and characters that he came up with then, and then like look yeah. at um, uh, the whole Sandman universe that Gaiman yes. did. It's a lot of it is there's similarities, yeah. and he kind of sure. ran with it in a different direction. But you know, like having Death be a female. Uh, you know, Starlin did that before before Gaiman did, and Gaiman gets a lot of. You know, copycat. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then well, I was I gonna. Mean, what I wanted to ask you guys is like, why do you think Marvel always feels the need to make their villains sympathetic in some way? Why? Why is that? Just like so they can sell the. Well, I'm, the well like, I, I mean, like historically, are you asking? Well, I mean, sp- specifically in the movies, for sure they've they've done it, and historically. I don't know if it's as present more compelling stories, but I mean, that, that was a staple of Marvel from the beginning was that they were going to have complicated, conflicted characters. I mean, that's, that was the thing about the fantastic four is that here you had a, a superhero group that fought with each other, you know, that didn't get along. And so I think that's kind of the roots of, of that entire universe is that they have complicated conflicted characters, both heroes and villains. I mean, you look at Magneto. Uh, Magneto's, you know, kind of like the the, the perfect um, example of it. I mean, even Doctor Doom, there's been some some takes on on that that villain as a as a character where you you what Brubaker did that uh, Books of Doom that kind of made him a sympathetic character. Yeah, I just I I I agree. I, I I just find it kind of interesting. They almost go overboard with it. Like sometimes, like I guess one of the things I always it was like the Spider-Man villains. Spider-Man villains are never mm-hmm. like. There's always some sympathetic reason why they're doing what they're doing. 
And nobody's sure. ever just a bad guy, which I, I get. Like, you don't want just, like, yeah. a black and white sort of simplistic view of good yeah. and evil. It does make for more interesting characters, but it almost seems like sometimes it's unnecessary or, like, yeah, I don't know. I agree. It, well, I think, to be honest, I think a lot of those villains weren't – I mean, Magneto, right? Magneto didn't have his backstory for the first, I don't know. A long time. For a long, long time, time, right? Yeah. So, like, he wasn't really built with that in it. You know, someone put that into that story. When did they, yeah. when did they do that backstory? That may have been um, – he, yeah. he may have been around for 20 years before yeah. he did the, the whole right? so it's uh, like, Holocaust uh, survivor thing. But I don't know if all those characters, you know, like, I don't think you can do that with everyone. I don't know. Like, right? Like, can the vulture really hold, like, a whole, like – sympathetic backstory to it right like do you oh, see they've it? already like, done that i know right but <laughs> yeah but like when you do it with all of them you know it's like, what, like what was, is there what anyone was, who's they, just a crook right <laughs> then anybody's just like, an like, just a bad what, dude what, like what there are the, the comic um that they did uh the 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 rhino um uh, story that was like flowers for ryan what was that called flowers for rhino Jane? no i don't know uh there was a, a really good Spider-Man story about Rhino, and it was made Rhino this like really sympathetic character. The, the Gauntlet thing, they did that. I don't remember I'm part of it, uh, but uh, part of it too is that we've probably read too much. <laughs> yeah, we've that's, seen all of them, right? That's probably, it's like, that's probably the it's case. Like, it's like, oh great, now they're making this guy have like a sob story. Well, I mean, that, I mean, that was the, you know, Wex Luthor was always the, he was a bad guy because he was a, you know, a bad guy. It's uh, lost his hair. The Superboy. Mm-hmm. It's up the lab. But then they made Wex Luthor more interesting because you, you. Uh, you can I see think, his point of view at some, you know, in I, Tom, some Tom, ways. Tom explained this to me at one point. It was like, you know, no, Wex Luthor's motivation is that he is trying to save us all from Superman. Right. And that made him a much more interesting and complicated character rather than just being crazy scientist guy. Well, he's a white supremacist kind of. I mean, he's he's a, you know, uh, um, (laughs) anti-immigrant kind of. And then then how did he ever become president? (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. A megalomaniac billionaire who is uh, uses uh, fear mongering. I don't know. Who's 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 bald? Yeah. 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 Only in comics. Only. only Thank God. Thank God. It's only fiction. (laughs) <laughs> well, I have I have some Superman stuff to uh, to talk about. Are we gonna, Tom? Do you need to check on your uh, on your your family situation? I'm good for about another ten minutes. Okay, let's just go. Let's just go ten minutes. Yeah. Um, uh, Superman family is uh, is back, man. It's uh, back, uh, baby. It is back. Uh, Tom, have you had a chance to read uh, uh, Superman's <laughs> pal, Jimmy no. Olsen? No, I have not. I have not. DC uh, launched uh, two or relaunched two uh, old titles. titles. Um, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen have their own own books again. Thanks to Bendis. Is Matt Fraction doing Jimmy Olsen? Yes. Yes. And it is, when when I was reading it, I'm just like, Tom is going to love this. Because it is... 
it's crazy, wacky Jimmy Olsen. It's That's the best Jimmy Olsen. It is. That's the it, only Jimmy Olsen. That's the only Jimmy Olsen there should well, be. Well, I have. He's, I had, a, he's a fucking goofy ass character. He yeah. should exist <laughs> in a crazy fucking universe where, well, like, he's it, Superman's it, best friend. So, it, like, I, I knew, I knew I was going to like it because the the cover that I that I bought the it was one of the, they had eight different variants or whatever is Jimmy Olsen, you know, talking on his phone but running from a dinosaur. And I'm like, yes, okay, this this is the Jimmy Olsen that I've been looking for. That's Jimmy. That's the truth. Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> there's one he there, there's a scene here Tom where he's in in space on like a a, a, a space plane and he jumps out of the plane like and a, a near at, orbit. And yeah, and yeah, and halfway down nice. like turns into a into like a giant turtle creature. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this is all good. I yes. like it. And what what Tom can yes. probably explain to people is that this is not a new convention for this character. He's been a turtle before, yeah. He's been everything before. <laughs> I think my favorite part of that story was the oh, sweat. So you read it, Seth? Yeah, I yeah. did. Uh, the sweating metamorpho. Who's just like <laughs> there's a there's a part where where Metamorpho's like oh fuck he's just like oh god Jimmy Olsen's gonna get me in a lot of trouble here he's just like profusely sweating <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how Jimmy Olsen should be yeah yeah Metamorpho Jimmy Olsen should be jumping should be jumping out of space planes. <laughs> That yeah, it, it is. This is this is this is Tom's this is Tom's yeah. book to, to read. So it's uh, hopefully hopefully you, you pick it up. But yeah, it's a uh, Matt Fraction, and it's I I love uh, being able to read a book where Fraction is is allowed to be crazy because I think sometimes he he got a little a little roped in on stuff because I look back at you know like five fists of science and and some of the early stuff that he was writing that that we used to talk about and just the the big idea and and goofy craziness that that he could bring into stories so I think that Jimmy Olsen's a really good book for him to be writing so not, was, only, <laughs> not only crazy but just fun too like yeah, this very, is more fun crazy stuff not like because I think you're right. Like he got wrapped up into like the, he was going to be the next big thing at Marvel, and all of a sudden, write like, an event. Yeah, you got to have these gigantic events, and I just don't know that that's necessarily not that he didn't do decent events or anything like that. But yeah, I think like this is this is a super yeah. fun, wonky kind of crazy kind of thing. Sure. He really Are we shows. building towards a DC Jimmy Olsen based event? Maybe a crisis, a crisis, crisis. I would crisis on Earth, Jimmy. <laughs> well, he does Where, get fired from the Daily Planet like right away. Uh, like, I bet he gets hired again. He might. He, he does. does. <laughs> they, they couldn't. They couldn't fire him because he's their biggest revenue stream. <laughs> they are only. Is, is yes, yeah. Jimmy Olsen is the reason that the Daily Planet still exists because he is their only advertising revenue stream on Instagram. <laughs> what, he gets well, lots of. But YouTube he's also views. their biggest insurance risk. Yeah. So they have to, they have to, they're like, you're going to work for us, just not uh, in Metropolis. So. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got to go get this. This is all the sweet spots. It's, yeah. it's, it's really, really good. It's really. Yeah. We're, uh, if you're going to have Jim Olsen, right? If he's going to exist in your universe, mm-hmm. you, this is how you should eat. This, this sounds like what you should do with Jimmy Olsen. Oh, and it's, uh, it's Steve Lieber art, and Lieber's perfect for this. Because he 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 
captures the uh, the kind of boyish charm of of Olson really well. Weaver does expressions great, and this is definitely uh, a, a moment and and you know expression driven scenes. So yeah, Weaver's perfect for it. Jimmy. Instagram star. Of course he'd be a huge Instagram star. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. He's um, just like fucking running from dinosaurs and shit. Then the, then the other book is uh, Willis Lane. And that's... Um, now that's uh, your by, book. That is my book. That as much as... Uh, is it like a spy sure, book? Dude, it's yeah. written by Greg Rucka with uh, Mike Perkins' okay. okay. right. yeah. 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 So, so it's, it is... It a is, female it, lead yeah. with strong, up strong, strong <laughs> female <laughs> lead. Uh, yep. it, it's yeah, it's the hard, hard nosed journalist. And yep. he's, he is pulling no punches because this is basically Greg Rucka's big giant finger. Fuck you to the Trump administration. Oh, I, I haven't Lane. read Lois Lane yet. I didn't, I, it's have, good. Not, I have not gotten yeah. to it yet, but it, it is, it is not the, it is not the fun little thrill ride that, uh, that Jimmy Olsen is. I mean, it's, it's not described it as a romp. It is not a romp. Um, it's 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 Greg Rucka in the DC universe. So of course, you know the question shows up. It's the Rene Montoya question, and yeah, Lois is a is a you know uh, hard hitting uh, journalist researching you know horrible stories about horrible people, and uh, yeah, it was and Mike Perkins art. So, well, I feel uh, left out. You guys each got a book from the new Bendis yeah, DC yeah. era, and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have a yeah. Bendis DC book. But um, yeah, what would? Yeah, well, too bad for you, man. Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> what do you say? Wish say uh, speak it into existence. Speak it. I don't know. What, I don't, do what, what would be your book? I'm not yeah. sure. Like. Uh, well, if we're sticking to the Superman world, maybe it's Steve Lombard, sports reporter. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Lombard, I could go with that. I could, yeah. Who's gonna write? Who's gonna write Steve Lombard, sports reporter? <laughs> I think that's. His, uh, I gotta Google this to make sure I got Steve, that name Steve right. Steve Lombard and Cat Grant. <laughs> yeah, Lombard and Cat. Uh, <laughs> who would write that? Who is? Who is I want Jock. On art, no, no. It's got to be like a ninety. It's got to be like the two thousand era Marvel. It's got to be somebody from that era. So because it's like Bendis, Matt Warren Fraction, Rucka, Warren Ellis, Warren Ellis, uh, yeah. a Warren Ellis, Steve Lombard. Steve Lombard. <laughs> but, yeah, do it. Uh, I'm not that sure even be. I would buy that. You heard it, DC. <laughs> you heard this, Steve. Warner Brothers. Get on it. Get all back. Get on it. Get. The Steve Lombard IP is just going to waste, guys. I could see like a Mike Allred Bizarro book. Ooh. Well, Mike Allred's coming back with um, Ecstatics. Oh, Ecstatics. Yeah. Did you read it? I did, yeah. It yeah. was great. Yeah. I well, love of course. the book. It's, well, you want to talk about a book of an era? Well, but it's even more like relevant today. I like, know. It, it, like that it, book was fucking prophetic. As oh, yeah. Was. For sure. Um, yeah, it's, it, I'm looking forward to more of it for sure. Yeah, that, that would, I'm trying, who else was like, who, so who would have been, we have Bendis, Rucka, Fraction, mm-hmm. who else was in that click at that time, uh, Marvel, who was all, who Ru- else, who Ru- else? Brubaker. 
Oh, there we go. I got to get Brubaker on a book. Steve Lombard, Brubaker. Yeah. We need Brubaker with, uh, um, what's his name from, uh, they do all the criminal stuff together. Oh, uh, Phillips? Yeah. Brubaker yeah. and Phillips. That's what I want. That's Sports what, crimes. Sports crimes. <laughs> Yeah, Steve Lombard. What? Kind of, yeah, well, their criminal it? stuff right now is great. I think we talked about that. I talked about that last time, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, well they should well, stop. Yeah, bad, bad weekend. They should stop what they're doing. And get cracking on the Steve Lombard book. <laughs> is there anybody else in the Superman family that I could maybe get other than uh, Steve Lombard? Okay. Is he the um, other? Oh, Super Girl. Crypto. Crypto is Crypto dead? I don't. Beppo, Super Monkey. Um. Uh, Perry White? Ooh, I don't, you know. What's the, uh, how about young Perry White? Huh? Young Perry White? Yeah. yeah. Young Perry White. It's spelled by, like a rapper, like <laughs> Y-U-N-G. Young Perry White. <laughs> what is Kat? There, Kat there's Kat, another. Kat Grant, she does all like the celebrity yeah, gossip yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Well, I don't think that's here. I don't know. I don't know. On the, on, the, on the farm, you could just you know go back to Smallville. Just small. Pete Ross. Ma, Ma and Pa. Ma and Pa Kent. Pete Ross. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> now we got it. A little Pete Ross action. Fucking Pete Ross. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. I guess I'm going to have to Big stick with something. Yeah. Uh, it's either Steve Lombard or Pete Ross. I think I've taken Steve Brubaker Lombard. Brubaker gets to decide. Brubaker. <laughs> That's the two you get. I think uh, Lombard Sorry, gets dude. more tails, so I'm more interested in... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys. We already... Jimmy Olsen and, and, uh, and Lois Lane got picked already, so you got Steve Lombard or, or Pete Ross. How do you sell that to Brubaker? Listen, Ed... We got an idea for you. We got a completely book. blank slate. <laughs> Go in any direction you, you want. Can do whatever you want with Pete Ross. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who? Wait, I'm not familiar with that character. Pete Ross was Superboy's childhood friend. Under- oh, okay. Yes. Okay. I get it. Yes. Pete Ross. <laughs> what could we do? Let's actually like brainstorm. What could you like realistically do with Steve Lombard? Like he's a sports. <laughs> is there any way that you could actually make an interesting Steve Lombard book? Steve Lombard. So <laughs> there's like a alien race that like uh, the only way that they can mediate things is through like sporting contests, and they kidnap Steve Lombard to be like their chronicler of all their sporting contests. Lombard of Metropolis, we've heard your Lom- great telecasts across the called. cosmos. That's what it's called, Lombard of Metropolis. Yeah. Lombard of Metropolis, and he's—it's he, all—they just got all the broadcasts from like the nineteen seventies. Seventies, yeah. He was like a mustached, you know, guy in a in a, a zoot suit, leisure suit. Yeah. And so the and so the book is really him chronicling these these massive space battles, but, but he. Yeah. Okay. But he, but at some point he realizes that the space battles are preparation for invasion, and yeah. so he has to sleep his way through a cadre <laughs> of alien women. Yeah, Steve Lombard <laughs> only knows. Yeah, this, all, this is all good. There's only one solution to every problem for Steve Lombard. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> 
Steve <laughs> Lombard of Metropolis. Somebody get Brubaker on the phone. We gotta yeah. hit. We gotta hit. Email email this to him directly. <laughs> I think I still got his phone number somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar right. with the character Steve Lombard? <laughs> no. What okay. if we have a we, we have a pitch for you? What if we find out Brubaker's a huge Steve Lombard fan? <laughs> I grew a mustache in '84. Just for Steve Lombard. There, 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 there is a huge Steve Lombard fan out there. You oh, know, for sure. The, well, they're, they're the just end of it, the, the end of the story will be like uh, the end of the Great Darkness saga, where Darkseid carves his face into a planet. It'll be Steve Lombard's <laughs> face carved, but there's this giant mustache. Just like. <laughs> there's just like some small alien race. That worships Steve yeah. Lombard as a Steve god. <laughs> yeah, Lombard of Metropolis. Lombard of Metropolis. Lombard. All right, let's let Thomas go be with Lombard. Me. They refer to it. They say it like it's a, a, a Legion of Superhero character. Lombard. Lombard. Lomb. Lomb of Bard. House Bard. He's Lomb of House Bard. Lomb Kevin Bard. It's like <laughs> the, the the bards of of Krypton were, were, yeah. were known for their extraordinary yeah. mustaches. Uh, okay, cool. All <laughs> right. Sorry. It's a good one. Okay, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look for Lombard. Right. Are we, are we, at your local comic book shop. Lombard of Metropolis. <laughs> uh, okay, are we done? Yeah, I, I right. got nothing cool. more after that. I think That's we played it. that right. joke for all it's worth. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, do, um, you know, I was going to ask you guys: Do we want to start uh, start asking uh, people to send in uh, emails or anything? Uh, we, we, ask. Have, do we I don't. Do know we have an email address? Uh, yeah, info at aroundcomics.com. I think we'll <laughs> Steve do. Lombard at aroundcomics. Send us your Steve Lombard pitches. At yes. Yeah. At oh, God. I will, yeah. I will send. If, <laughs> we will definitely. We will we definitely, definitely read stuff. Steve. Yeah. Those will make it for sure. I will send What's you your something. elevator pitch. If you, yes, it, or, or yeah. any other questions that you have, <laughs> elevator pitches for Steve Lombard of Metropolis, and any other questions or comments that you have. So I, I, I forgot we hadn't uh, we hadn't reached out to uh, uh, to listeners. I got a really nice uh, text from uh, uh, from Gordo the other day. He said he's he's really enjoying uh, listening to us again. So nice. He wanted me to say hi to you guys. I think so. most people don't realize, like most of the people that used to listen to us, still mm-hmm. don't realize that we're doing it again. Because every mm-hmm. once in a while, I get somebody on Twitter or something like, "Oh, you guys are doing the show again," and then they they're really excited about it. But I don't I don't think most like I don't know how to <laughs> and like then they listen. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, and then they hear then this they shit. Yeah. Like, oh well, they didn't really uh, evolve much in the last seven eight years. Exact same stuff that they're talking about. <laughs> they talked about Steve Lombard for like half an hour. <laughs> it's gold, Jerry. <laughs> That's it. That's yep. That's it. Lom of Bard. 
So there you go. All right. Well, um, uh, we'll be back uh, again in the next month or so uh, to talk about uh, comics and everything in and around the world of comics. So, I, Wait, man, what? I just, just, I just, what to- I just totally what? fumbled oh, that one. You just yeah. stepped all over that. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll be back in the next month to talk about everything in and around comics. Right. You still fucked it up, though. Oh, Jesus <laughs> You didn't in between time. Fix it in we'll in fix the meantime, it in Jesus, we've only been doing this for a decade. <laughs> you know, it's it's because I'm sober. Oh, um, this is true. This is true. Yeah, yeah. Steve Lombard right. wouldn't be sober at a time like this. <laughs> Definitely not. I need There's, a script. I, the I'm, world I'm, needs I'm, a hero. A hero a with a mustache. I, I, yeah. <laughs> a man not afraid to sleep his way out of problems. <laughs> A man not afraid of sticky situations and God, Steve Lombard. Steve Lombard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right. I think that's enough. Yeah. yeah. Have fun in uh, Minnesota. Tom, Thank have you. fun doing whatever you're doing. Just going to Cincinnati. Yeah. Have fun in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. WKRP. Chili. They call Cincinnati the, uh, the queen city. That's where I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yep, and the Queen is uh, a, a Freddie. Freddie Mercury uh, loved loved Cincinnati. They named it after Freddie Mercury. Oh. Freddie Mercury, yeah. Wow, it's I didn't know yeah. that. It's crazy. Yeah, it was huge. That, in that Cincinnati. is a lie. <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> There's nothing. Uh, it was that Bohemian that Rhapsody. Uh, you know, I I I believe it 100. percent Tom said it. There's nothing Queens, about yeah. that that is true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. You want to besmirch Freddie Mercury's good name and death like that? I don't yeah. know why. Kind of rude. All right, please. Did you guys hear their? Before we go, one last. Did you hear they're naming a street in uh, New York after Stan? Oh, are they? They yeah. should. <clears throat> I think in New York, or maybe it's. I don't remember where exactly. I think it's New York, not New Jersey. I think it's okay. New York, somewhere in New York. I just happened to read that. So no Kirby Lane, no Kirby. No, no, no. just Stan. Just Stan. <laughs> <laughs> just Stan. Yeah, that's good for Stan. Good yeah. for Stan. Yeah. yeah, he's dead now. We can all we can let it all go, right? Yeah, I, I don't care. They're all does them. They're all dead. Yeah, yeah. They pretty much dead. Dead. I don't know why we're maintaining this. Yeah, I had everyone's dead. <laughs> all right, guys. All right. Be good. Good night. Talk Bye.